Before I start this episode of Dad Is Not A Noun, I want to thank today's sponsor, The Real Dads Network. The Real Dads Network creates a culture where fathers are actively involved in the parenting process and are portrayed and viewed as exemplary role models by society. Because when you empower dads, you strengthen families and communities all over the world. For more information on The Real Dads Network, Go to www.realdadsnetwork.org. The link will be in the description below. And I'm going to let one of the brothers from the network give his testimony. Give his testimony. And after this amazing testimony, we're going to go right into the episode. That's Club Real Dads Network. Um, it's helping me to be a better person. It's an opportunity for me to come together in brotherhood. Uh, with the purpose of, for the purpose of, of building each other up. And I'm not really sure how I found my way um, to the club, to the network, um, but I'm really happy that I did. Uh, I have an 11 year old daughter and as a single dad, sometimes it's, it's, it's difficult, uh, just as it is with a single mom or quite honestly, in a two parent household. Um, but the burden I feel is is greater, uh, given the circumstances of of being black and and sometimes what my daughter sees in the media and the news and society as um, images that look similar to her, her black father, um, and they're scary. And um, my my goal is obviously to to counteract um, anything negative with with love and, and support and, and dedication as a father. And um, I'm so happy that I found a network that's helping me to be a better father, to be a better person, um, and to really just strive towards uh, progress every day. Um, vulnerability is, is something that uh, is actually a strength and I'm becoming more vulnerable uh, through the network. So check us out, come and join us. Bring your whole self. Better fit for them, along with my crown. Huh? And since the baton was passed, I've been down. Cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun. Not at all. Huh? Welcome, welcome to another episode of Dad Is Not A Noun. My name is Ishmael, changing the narrative for men of color and fatherhood, as well as changing the narrative on the things I care about. And today I have a special guest. I want to say him, a, I want to say he's a guest. He's more like family. We have history together. He is an amazing father, husband, as well as the author of Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend Literary Series. It's the first, I'm going to say it, the first ever hip hop fantasy fiction story. And I'm going to stick to that truth because it's facts. Because this brother been doing this since that be even way before the terminology blurred is in the ecosystem today he was doing this before that became a terminology and he's here with me today my good brother dd turner what's going on brother peace ish i appreciate you man thank you so much for that for that warm intro man i'm, I'm gonna have to record that and start playing that <laughs> oh no i'm gonna give it i'm gonna send that to you and yeah. you can just do that. You want to put an added beat to it or whatever you want to do. It's all you, brother. And I'm, I appreciate you for coming on. But my, my first question, 
my first question I'm, I ask all my guests because I'm all about mental health. I'm an advocate about mental health. Mm-hmm. And my question to you, how's your heart? Oh, it's good. It's good. Listen, I, I, and I appreciate you leading with that question because, listen, anything that we do or anything that we want to do can't be done without having good health. That's the foundation, right? Um, so thank you for that question. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. I, I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I have an annual uh, doctor's appointment every year. I go to it. Um, I would, I'd like to say I would go even if my wife didn't make me go, <laughs> but I go every year. Um, and um, I'm actually coming up for my annual in November, at the end of November. But last year, everything was really good. I, I went to the doctor a couple of weeks, not a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, just um, because I started exercising and um, I was having some issues with my knees. So they, you know, they just sort of do the basic check on everything and everything is good, man. So thank you, brother. I appreciate it. No, no, no problem. And the reason why I asked that, cause you know, you know, you, you, you know, you got so many things you're doing, you know, you're a father of amazing boys that's young men now. Yeah. I remember when they were little boys, yeah. you know, yeah. a husband, you know, you got your nine to five mm-hmm. and you're going back to the literary series. So how do you overall, overall just keep yourself mentally healthy, like mentally healthy together? Yeah, that's the one thing that's a taboo in the black in our community as black men is yeah. that we try to hide the fact that, you know, what I'm saying at the end of the day, we're not doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. And and listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you that um, overall, my mental health is is good. It's stable. But like many of other people, uh, like many, many other men in our communities, particularly um, and and not I, I wouldn't even say just our community because I think that's kind of siloed, but yeah. just even outside of our community, um, you know, being being a man is is not an easy thing. You know what I mean? Particularly if you are a responsible man and you there's this willingness to step into the responsibility. You know what I mean? So being able to balance everything in in an effort to to maintain a balanced mental health. You know, it's 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 a task. Um, but what I try to do is I, I recognize um, what my priorities are. I balance them. But then even in the context of that, I recognize that I have a responsibility to myself and I need to do what makes me happy, which is the reason why I'm adamant about um, working out. Um, and I'm also adamant about um, just pursuing the things that I'm passionate about, which is the chronicles of a hip hop legend. So I spend time doing that, um, not just because I have to do it, um, but because I want to do it. It is a sense of peace for me whenever I work on it. And I think that's important too, because, you know, you born and raised in NYC, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, growing up, you've seen a lot of trauma growing up, you know what I'm saying? You know, at the end of the day, you had a, you know, a stable family growing up, but when you hit the street, you saw a lot. A lot. And, you know what I'm saying? Growing up, you know, as an amazing storyteller you are when it comes to Chronicles, you know what I'm saying? Um, And, you know, if you go into like, um, how artists use um, literature or spoken words or rap as mm-hmm. a way to escape their realities. Mm-hmm. Like, 
talk about that your early journey to get to being this amazing storyteller? Yeah, you know, <laughs> thanks for that question. It's, I don't know if anybody's ever asked me that before, but I can tell you I've always been um I've always been a loner, so to speak. I've had a lot of friends growing up and, and some of them are still I'm, I'm really close with that I maintain a tight uh, brotherhood with. Um, but growing up with them was a privilege for me because they respected me enough to know when I needed my space. Right. So I was one of those guys that I would hang out with my friends regularly. I enjoyed being around them like any other kid growing up, uh, whether it's in the inner city or the suburbs or in a rural area. But um, there would be times that I just needed to step away because I just needed time alone. And they respected that. So for me, that time, whenever I, I stepped away and, and I needed that time alone, I would be in my bedroom um, building model cars, right? <laughs> I was that guy, right? Building model cars. I was reading comic books. I was collecting um you know, Marvel cards that they used to distribute that, that uh, I think it was Marvel that they distributed back in the eighties. Um, and then I would just, you know, sort of visualize um, just these, these very, you know, these sort of various stories um, just through the lens of my own perspective. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I enjoy comic books, but I often, I, you, you know, one of the things I was very conscious about is the narratives that we that came through that, although they were fictional, they just weren't fictional even in a way that I could relate to. You know what I mean? So, you know, I always sort of had this idea of, you know, creating a story, but a story that was, a, you know, a work of fiction, but it also sort of unfolded in the neighborhood and in the areas where I grew up at, you know? Right, and then draw that connection to your love of hip hop and storytelling. Yeah, into that sci-fi world, in that yeah. um, not sci-fi, but um, um, I'm gonna call it hip-hop fantasy fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you, that's, that's a good to point. give it its due service. Yeah, yeah. So that came for me later, and and I tell you that it was it was really a, a cathartic moment for me because one day, and I could tell you like everything in my life, um, that has been you know something in terms of creative. A, a creative experience. It's always been a very visceral moment for me. And what I mean by that is um, like I would sort of literally zone out when when an idea would come to me. And it, it was just sort of this moment that would just stick to me, stick with me. And I would recognize that it was something important that I had to move on. So with Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend, that came, I, I, I was sitting, <laughs> I was literally sitting in a Wall Street area in a car that I had an old Buick Regal that I inherited from my grandfather, right? Sitting in the Wall Street area and I was waiting for my wife, then my girlfriend to come downstairs from work. And I was listening to LL Cool J's Mr. Smith album, right? So everybody that remembers, I think the album came out in 1996, right? Um, that's a very important album for me. Not just because it's great and LL is in my top 10, but it just changed my life, right? So I'm listening to the Mr. Smith album, and there's this song on there that, that is called um, Hip Hop, yeah. right? Don't know what the track number is, but you know I, I encourage everybody to listen to it. 
So when hip hop, the first time I heard it, literally for the three or four minutes that the song plays, I'm not listening. The first time I heard it, I'm not listening to the song. I'm sort of somewhere else in my car. I can't even tell you where I went to at that point where I, I was just elsewhere. And the whole Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend story just fell into line. And then when the song ended, I just had one of those, you know, sort of comeback moments. And I'm like, holy shit. And as soon as my wife or girlfriend came down, I was like, I got to get home. I got to write. Like, I have to get home now. And we might have been going somewhere else or something. But I was like, I can't. Like, I, I got to get home. I got to write. So that was the first moment. The second moment, and then, you know, I would fortunately move forward with Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend. I would be able to develop it, you know, um, with some friends. Um, and then I would, and, and then a couple of years would go by and I would have another one of these sort of very visceral moments. And <laughs> it's when The Roots, I was listening to The Roots album, Things Fall Apart. And on there, Roots have, Roots, The Roots has a song with Common or Black Thought has a song with Common called Hip Hop. Yes. And I had the same situation again. And that song actually moved me to tears. Wow. Right? So I was like, holy shit, like, what's going on? So, you, you know, you're talking about, you know, people have these Holy Ghost moments. I never had one in church, but I can say um, there was a divine power moving through me. You know what I mean? And at that point, I knew that this story was mine and I could I could never let it go. So that's why 25 years later, we're still we're still we're still here with it, you know? <laughs> and it, it's dope that that you 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 link your love for storytelling and and and, and fantasy and hip hop because yeah. they go hand in hand, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm -hmm. And what I appreciate what you were doing, you were ahead of your time as you were like kind of the first person to do it, doing something like that. Yeah. The only person I could think at that time that was doing that was, I would say, Afro Man. Yeah. The Afro Man comics, I would yeah. say, was like what kind of infusion. Yeah. And if you want to think about like cartoons, I would go back to like, remember when Ken and Play had a cartoon series? Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I but remember. I'm talking about like that. That fantasy, like when you're thinking about like Lord of the Rings, like Chronicles of a Hip Hop kind of gave me that that Lord of the Ring vibe to it. Right. right. But something that I could head not to head yeah. not to yeah. Yeah. because you put a lot of hip hop um reference to it. Yeah. It, I mean that's Go ahead, bro. That, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That that's very important, right? Because you, you want to be able to create a story. But I think particularly for our community, listen, we we are um we are marginalized and disenfranchised in so many ways, right? So when you recognize that one of our issues um is is literacy, you know, you you sort of harken back to your days in elementary school. I was just having this conversation with my son earlier, actually, my wife and I, with our second oldest, who's 17 years old, right? Um, there's a book that he has to read for school. He's a senior in high school. Um, and the book, I don't, I'm, you know, I, I know the title, but I'm not going to put it out there. But he has right. to read the book. Um, and he said to us today, he was like, yo, the book is boring. I mean, he didn't say that, but, you know, 
I'm able to tell what he means, right? So right. he said the book is boring. And I know I know exactly what he's talking about, right? right. Because I, rec I, I recall having to read books in high school, in elementary school, even in college that I just didn't want to read, you know? Right. And I'm having to read the same paragraph four or five times because it's just not sticky. You know what I mean? So it was important that when Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend got to actually be a literary series, um, you know, it pulled in in sort of these tangible concepts and relevant concepts and just ideas that were familiar to the reader. You know what I mean? And not just people in our community, but just people, period. Right. So fundamentally, it's a story about good and evil. But I mean, you know, there's a lot of nuances in there as well that people can pick up, you know, and and sort of apply it or just, you know, recognize, you know, some some connection to their own lives, you know, so. No, no definitely. And uh, what I love about the story is that it's so s simple, simplicity yeah. in the story. Yeah. You know, again, yeah. like you alluded to before, like you got good versus evil, yeah. but it's a coming of age about yeah. the main to Chris, um, if you want to talk about Chris a little bit more and the um, the protagonist feedback, if you want to, yeah, 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 for yeah. a lot of people that know that, that that doesn't know the story, if yeah. you want to just give them a sample size, yeah, yeah. So one of the things, without without, I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to preface it by saying this: I encourage everybody to go to YouTube, the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend, um, and just um, subscribe share follow um a new chapter drops um every two weeks right um and it's there for free you don't gotta pay for it just you, all you gotta do is is just listen right like music soul child said just listen right um and um you know for me when i came up with the story and it, it was at a time when i had just got married right this was back in 2000 um and it was important that i incorporate our you know my wife and i our children into it so chris is uh is actually my oldest son's middle name um and then um uh well yeah chris is my oldest son's middle name um and then I, I believe I think in, in earlier versions of the story, I think we even use his middle name and we call him Alexander, which Alexander is my second oldest son's middle name. So, you know, I, I, I wanted to have some connection with them, but in, in a lot of ways, Chris, <laughs> Chris is my oldest son. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's nice to be able to have the character and nurture him and, you know, um, sort of define this path if you will you know towards maturity the story hasn't gotten to that point yet but i can see it going there in, in you know in the future and as i'm sort of plotting out what the future of the story is going to look like as i'm reintroducing it um there might be an opportunity to sort of fast track chris <laughs> you know <laughs> after book two uh into adulthood you know what i mean so um you know and i'm excited about that opportunity and I'm excited too, but yeah, just talk about feedback. And I'm I, and I'm intrigued by the character of Roger Feedback Humwell because he's the corruption, like yeah. he's the embodiment yeah. of the corruption 
uh, in hip hop. Like yeah. when hip hop started, hip hop was just at its purest form. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because they yeah. saw that they could make a lot of money of it. Talk about it. Yeah. So, so feedback, I mean, listen, he, <laughs> every story has to have a joker, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you just have to. You, you got to have a joker. You got to have, um, you know, any of the other evil adversaries that we've come across, right? Um, feedback for me is somebody that is evil, but he's familiar, right? And what people are going to find out as they follow the story is that feedback got some things going on with him, but down the line, they're going to see why he has the things that he, you know, why he's sort of adopted the position that he's adopted. It's not just something that he fell into. Um, but I think also too symbolically, uh, feedback is just uh, a representation of the naysayers, right? Like that thought that hip hop wouldn't take it this far. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nice. Um, or or have reached 50 years, which is a beautiful thing. Um, so feedback is sort of all of the obstacles, if you will, you know, that hip hop has had to encounter in its uh in its 50 years. You know what I mean? So uh he's just a person, uh, but you know, the in the story, but you, you know, we need somebody that's um you know, listen, if, if Chris didn't have anybody to go up against, we wouldn't have a story. So, <laughs> you know. No, no, definitely. You need that yin and yang. You need yeah. those two. Because I feel like I don't want to give too much of a story because I think people need to subscribe to the YouTube channel yeah. or just go to Amazon and buy the book, which Alenka will be in the description and the yeah. below. Well, but, you know what, Ish? I, I would rather people now. I don't even want people to buy it. I all right. Just listen. I'm okay. giving it away free. So okay. 36 chapters of book in book one, 36 chapters and 36 chapters is intentional because I am a Wu-Tang officially. I am mm. unofficially a Wu-Tang affiliate. Okay. So my, this is my return of 36 chambers. Mm. So it, intentionally book one has 36 chapters in it. Um, and as long as you subscribe, you hit the notification bell, you will receive updates when we drop a new episode every two weeks. In fact, next week, Thursday, um, I can't see the date right now, but whatever next week, Thursday is, chapter four will be out. Um, just finished up the editing on it and, and the story is moving along nicely. All right, you heard that. So he's just giving it away, man. He's like Oprah. You get like look underneath your chair. You get, <laughs> you get 36. You, you get 36 get chapters. You get 36 right. chapters. That's right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's awesome that you 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 doing this because I feel like not feel but I know the type of person you are. Yeah. Is that you know you you being a person who was born around the early days of hip hop infancy yeah. Yeah. and feeling the and feeling that you need to give back and the yeah. way you can give back, especially being, you know, we're celebrating 50 years of hip hop. Yeah. It's just, just in more, in, it, it just give people that, 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 that feeling of going back to yeah. a good time, a good, the good era of hip hop. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What what I get from the YouTube channel because I've watched a couple of the the video mm -hmm. is that it kind of gives me that nostalgia of the days of listening to the radio. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. And when the family get together back in the days, right. this is this is before TV, and I wasn't born that time when you know there was no TV right. and you know, they had radio, right? Radio, and they would turn on the radio, and the family would just sit together in the living room and listen. And that kind of gives me that vibe. That's right. And and you know what? That's a great point, Ish. I'm happy you brought that up. It truly is a family story. And at the beginning of each chapter, we make a disclaimer. And the disclaimer says, you know, this, this story is free of sex, drug dealers, drug references, pimps, gangs, twerking, whatever else is in there, right? Um, and that's not to knock any of that stuff. I, I mean, listen, we we all recognize that those things are destructive to people's lives in our community, but I'm not. I'm not here to to act like I'm I'm holier than thou. I'm not here to be on a soapbox. I'm just here to um, help expand the uh, the tree of hip hop. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, like you know, th this is my offering. I'm not an MC. Um, I don't produce. I'm not a DJ, although I've tried. Um, you know, but I write, and I think if everybody, um, you know, taps into what that gift is that they have, because everybody has a special gift, if you tap into it, harness it and leverage it, you know, um, in a way that you're passionate, uh, about, then, you know, you, you can make contributions to it too. Cause I think, um, all of us collectively making contributions to the culture is really what, uh, supports the, the culture's long-term sustainability. You know what I mean? L listen, I, I I know sort of the leading thing with, with hip-hop culture now is music, which is cool, but that's not all it is, right? And it wasn't created that way. So if we find sort of within those five, you know, uh, five elements where we fit, um, you can make contributions to it. Like, you know, some people, it's debatable, but the fifth, um, the uh, fifth element has always been, you know, sort of knowledge. And depending on who you're speaking with, it they might say something else. But knowledge is such a broad concept, right? So, what we're doing categorically right now, our conversation is contributing to the knowledge element of hip hop, thereby expanding the tree of hip hop. You know what I mean? So, I think if people looked at it like that. The, you know, the, the culture is going to be okay, you know? I agree. And I think that has to harvest into the education system. Mm -hmm. And I know that's one of the things you try to do in the early days is try to get the book into schools because, yeah. again, you want something that kids can relate to to yeah. get them into that enjoying the reading. Because yeah. reading, what does it does? It builds up vocabulary skills. That's right. That's my last. It builds up that the builds up writing skills. Yeah, it absolutely does, and I'm a testament to it because I, you know, as, as a kid, I had a um, my uncle had tons of books, right? Um, at my grand that he left at my grandparents' house when he moved out, but he had tons of books, and I remember, you know, being a kid and being forced to go over my grandparents' house. Not that I didn't want to go. But my mother would go over and naturally I had to go. 
Um, right. And while my mother is, you know, um, speaking with my grandparents, I have to find something to do to entertain myself. So I would often just go in my uncle's old bedroom and just read. You know what I mean? Just pull a book down and just read. Now, some of the <laughs> some of the concepts in some of those books were beyond me. Like he had quite a bit of <laughs> iceberg slim books. Okay. You know what I mean? But what it allowed me to uh, to to do is is recognize that there was a world uh, bigger than East New York, where I grew up in Brooklyn, right? And that just by imagination and creativity, I can go to those places and you know, or create those places and venture off to them. So, you know, definitely. And then also that imagination and creativity. How does that apply to you as a dad? Yeah, you know, um, one of the things that my wife and I established early on when we started first started creating our family was that we would um, just maintain an open line of communication with our boys. We have four sons. Um, my oldest or our oldest is, is 20, second is 17, the one below that is 15, and the one below that actually turns 13 tomorrow, right? So um we've always said to them there's nothing off the table uh, you know about topics or discussions and as a man um you know a, a man as a man and a father two sons it's important that i keep the dialogue open with them and let them know that i'm always here to talk about anything they want to talk about nothing is off the table and and that's been great because while they don't come often, whenever they feel the need to, they will. And they'll speak with my wife and I most of the time and say, oh, I want to talk about this, right? Um, and we'll have a conversation. Or they'll say, dad, they'll tap me and say, hey, dad, I, you know, I got a question for you. I'm like, come on, let's do it. You know what I mean? So um, I think my creativity recognizes that, um, or, or being a creative person, I recognize that the, the power of open communication, right? And dialogue, particularly in the context of parenthood. So I have to allow my kids to, to be creative and be free to talk about whatever it is they want to talk about or express themselves however they want to express themselves um, while my wife and I provide an environment that's comfortable, comfortable for them to do so, you know? Right. And one of the greatest things someone ever told me I, I brought it up in a previous interview that I did mm -hmm. is that you have your kids for 18 summers. Yes. So what advice do you have um, out there for uh, parents to prepare their kids for the world? Yeah, I, I, I would say don't think that you're going to have the answers all the time because you're not. Um, I've been married this year going on 23 years. Our oldest child is, is 20, right? Um, and there's times even now that I still don't have the answers. You know what I mean? But And that's okay, right? Parents, um, parenthood doesn't come with a badge of perfection. You know what I mean? What it, what it does allow for though and what it does uh, honor is parents that are committed to guiding their children the best way they can, instilling morals in their children, and just teaching their children overall to be good people that, um, you know, that work to better uh, humanity. 
You know what I mean? So I think as long as people stick to those principles uh, and understand that, you know, some days you're just not going to be perfect. And, and within that imperfection, there might be days where you lose your patience or you go off on your kids. You know what I'm saying? Um, just long as you follow up and you're like, well, listen, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, you know, I'm sorry. And, you know, you talk through it. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I think if people recognize that, uh, you know, they'll be OK. Yeah, man, that's some wise words, man. I appreciate that. Um, for people that haven't picked up the book, why should they subscribe to the YouTube channel and um, take a chance or Chronicles of Hip Hop Legend? I know why, but like, um, explain why people need to um, check it out. Yeah, I, I would tell people it's a unique story. I think, and uh, it's an easy listen. I've been told that it's an easy listen. Um, and I really think that it's exploring the culture of hip hop in a way that it hasn't been explored before. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, we don't, we've, I, I, not that I've, I'm familiar with, I've never heard of any story sort of exploring hip hop um, in antiquity. So what I mean by that is, Imagine if, if, if hip-hop, we know that August 11th, 1973 is hip-hop's official birthday, right? But, but listen, you could see evidence of hip-hop being around well before that. You know what I mean? So what if that was documented? What yeah. if there was some type of uh, identifiable connection with uh, uh, the contemporary co contemporaneous version of hip hop as we know it with something that occurred back in ancient, you know, Egypt, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or the kingdom of Kush more yeah. specifically, you know what I mean? I think, um, and, and, and then you just sort of think about that in the, in the context of a timeline and just all of the various aspects of a great story that can just fit in between those sort of two endpoints. You know what I mean? August 11th, 1973, and the ancient uh, kingdom of Kush. Just all of these things in between that. That's what Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend does. It, I mean, it, it, it sort of thinks about hip hop history uh, extensively um, and, and outside of, uh, you know, what, what we've known it to be over the past 50 years. While also, though, paying homage to our pioneers that have laid the foundation. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy the story. I enjoy where, where, it's, where it's gone. There's a lot of it to tell. Um, right now, what is completed is some something to the tune of 74 chapters right wow. so you have 36 chapters that y'all are getting on youtube every for two free. weeks for free. for free and then That's after that we go into book two um which is i want to say another 29 chapters i believe wow. um and then book three i started and i'm probably into maybe 10 chapters in book three so there's a lot of story to tell, you know what I mean? And as long as y'all stick with me and you and you commit to just, you know, checking the joint out, or, you know, bi-weekly, you know, we're going to get it. We're going to tell this 
different, very unique story. And, and, and it is, and I love what you're doing is that you're connecting the dots to theory storytelling of the, like the history of hip hop, which if you think about it, um, it's never been done before. The reality, you know, you, you have documentaries here and there, mm-hmm. you know, but rarely you hear like that story of hip hop and Africa. And I've seen videos. Yeah. Of Africans in this, like in the fifties, breakdancing, a right. form of breakdancing, <laughs> right. it right. exists. Yeah. Like yeah. So it's not nothing new. Yeah. So that's why I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Because it is important. Because again, like I, again, I'm going to repeat myself again. Mm-hmm. Is that through story? This has never been told like this before. Yeah. Yeah. You know anything? And, and you bring up a good point. Anything that we're doing now is is really iterative of of things that were done in the past. I mean, that's just the reality. Nothing is new under the sun. Hip hop, the name itself, is new, right? But the various elements of it and how those elements sort of have manifested themselves over the past fifty years, whether it's you know uh, rapping, whether it's breaking, whether it's DJing, graffiti. I mean. There's signs of that stuff that have existed well before 1973. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 all in connection with this sort of subculture, you know, that was sort of you know um that's tethered to this uh, to, to music. So uh and 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 more specifically coming out of our communities, you know. So it, it's been around various versions uh versions of it have been around well before 1973. Um but let's connect the dots and let's have fun and let's tell a crazy ass story while we're doing it, you know? I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And I think one of the things that was a missed opportunity with this 50 year anniversary mm-hmm. is connecting up the historical dots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, we pay homage to the early date, like the actual official date when yeah. the birth of hip hop, mm-hmm. but we n- haven't really. Through this time, like through this year, connected the dots going farther back from that time frame when hip hop was born. That's before. right. Like, how were they influenced? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't something that they just came up with the idea, like, oh, we're going to do this. They were influenced by someone. Definitely. And before them, someone was influenced before them. That's you know right. what I'm saying? That's right. And I think, you know, it, interestingly, as people will, will come to, to realize later on in the story, Chris's chain, while it is a, a magical thing that serves his escapades and in, in, in his journey, um, the chain also represents lineage mm. and legacy. You know what I mean? Um, and you know that that that's a, a really loaded concept that I can't get into now. But if you stick with the story, you'll see it. You know what I mean? And, and it's something that starts to get explored um, in book two. You know, so um, and then you know, even when when I'm think when I'm talking about the chain, you know, why is it necessary to have a chain? Because yeah. we wear chains in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. wear jewelry. Yeah. So you you have to be able to to, to sort of create these very real tangible identifiable relatable concepts so that 
when people are reading the book or listening or not reading, but when people are listening to it, um, you know, things are familiar to them. But then also, too, we can sort of bolster its significance by sort of connecting it to legacy, collecting, uh, you know, connecting it to or endowing it with magic and, and, and history and things like that. So, yeah, man, it's, you know, it, it's, it's fun. I'm, I, I, this is truly the story um, that I was meant to write. And it's, it's truly um, my story. It's, it's, it, it was God, God made it for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's good, bro. But definitely agree with you. And my last question for you, because it's been an amazing conversation. All the links will be in the description below. Um, you talk about story. Yeah. Right? That story of being a dad and what it means to be a dad. Yeah. Um, it's everything to me. Um my you know, I it's it's crazy because I, I joke about this sometimes. As a teenager, I used to I remember having conversations with my mother, and she, you know, not that she was ever pressuring me to get married. My mother is not like that. She she's not she's not like that. She wasn't like that for my brother or me, right? But I remember just you know joking with her before I moved out the nest, just sitting watching TV on a Sunday morning or a Saturday watching Lifetime with her and we're just, you know, laughing and stuff. And she would say, or oh, a conversation would come up about relationships. And I used to tell her, I said, I'm never getting married, but I'm going to have a bunch of kids. So she would say, you're going to have a bunch of baby mothers? And I said, yup. And they're going to all come over here and I'm going to give you baby mama problems and, and all types of stuff, right? And she would just laugh because she knows that that's not my character. Right. But um, when I met my wife and we got married um, and we had our first child. I knew, you know, because you, you know that you're going to be a father, you know, the minute your lady is pregnant, but you don't recognize the significance of it until it happens. And then you recognize that your purpose in life is no longer focused on you, right? It shifts to this little person. Right. And, and anything that you do and anything that you plan and anything that um, that you want has to serve their interests, not just immediately, but in the future as well. You know what I mean? So everything that that I do, um, you know, and, and that, you know, I have multiple hustles. Right. I got you. You mentioned it. I have a nine to five, but I also. Um, co-run a business. I, you know, I'm Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend. I got some other things that I'm working on. Um, and all of these things, I do them because I want my kids to be able to see um, how you go out and get it so that they'll never have to worry about where money is coming from or they never have to ask or beg anybody for anything. You know what I mean? Um, and then I just, you know, want them to just be good people. At which they are. So my wife and I, we we've we're succeeding every day. That's dope, man. So support this amazing dad, amazing husband. This brother has an original IP. What that means that intellectual property. This yeah. is the original story. This is not a remake of something. This is original from its 
birth. Yep. And D, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Again, this has been another episode, amazing episode of the podcast. Um, this will be on YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you uh, search. That is not an out. It will be there. Yeah. Um, Yo, but, Ish, let me let me say this real quick. Um, yeah, yeah, bro. Because it's important. I, I want to give you your flowers too, because I think um, what what we don't recognize is the importance. Uh, I, I think what we don't often recognize is the importance of um, these type of platforms. You know, listen, everybody and their mother's doing a podcast, right? And that's cool, right? Because everybody has a perspective, and as long as you have a perspective. Um, you should be able to share it, right? But what I particularly like about what you're doing here is it's not just a podcast. It's a podcast that is celebrating um, just fatherhood and being a good man, right? And in our community, we're often demonized, right? Uh, and some of that is a result of you know our uh, shortcomings, right? Because we have to be truthful and mention that. But then there's also a lot of us that we're stand-up guys and we're stand-up men and we love our wives, we're committed to our wives and we're committed to our children and we're committed to our families. So being able to have a platform like this and be able to have discussion that's sort of centered around that is very important because it impresses upon others, particularly young men that are coming up, that they don't have positive role models in their lives, that there are men out there like that. You know what I mean? And they can, and it's okay to aspire to being a responsible, loving, caring, thoughtful man that is completely committed to his wife and his children. And he go to the depths of the deepest sea to make sure that they're taken care of. So thank you, brother. I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you for that, man. That definitely means a lot. You know, I'm the type of person, you know, I'd rather be behind the scenes, um, just, you know, inspiring people. Yeah. And so, you know, having our history together and being behind of the radio show. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, is one of many other inspirations that kind of got me in the position of um, creating this platform. Because, yeah. again, I know a lot of people don't know. Let me just surprise a lot of people. I am yeah. not a dad. I'm not a father. <laughs> I created it to be a fan of great fathers like yourself and creating this platform for a lot of dads. Yeah. So that's my truth, and I'm sticking to it. And, again, this has been an amazing episode of the podcast. Um, how can people find you? Um, so I would say, you know, the first way people can find me is on IG. I am the underscore DD Turner. So T H E underscore D D T U R N E R. Um, you can find me on uh, YouTube, just DD underscore Turner. So D D underscore T U R N E R. Or just type in the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend when you get to YouTube. That'll come up as well. Um, we're doing some fun things on there. We just introduced a new series on a, uh, I mean, a, a new uh, product or feature if you will, on the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend channel called Name That MC. So it's just a one minute sort of quick video, um, you know, with with the use of AI, thankfully, uh, which, you know, that's another conversation we can have. But we're using AI to be able to recite some great uh, lyrics 
uh, by some of, you know, hip hop's, you know, most revered MCs and seeing if you can name who they are um, before the top, before the shot clock or before the time clock runs, runs out. So we're uploading new episodes of that um, every other day. So it's, you know, um, just starting out, but we encourage everybody to take a look at that and, and take part. We, we upload them in the form of shorts and then also a full video. So, yeah. And then, you know, with the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend, just um, biweekly episodes. Um, next Thursday, Chapter 4, called Sucker MCs. That's a great chapter as the story continues to push forward with, with Chris and his journey up against feedback in the evil hip hop for destruction crew. So check it out. Definitely check it out. I definitely recommend you checking that out. And then also check out this podcast. Um, again, D, thank you for coming on. Thank you for um, spending time on this podcast. And we're out. Peace. I appreciate you, good brother. Peace.